0: You're listening to The Big Show, on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back, Hour 2, Big Show in the morning. My name is Mal Rose, he's Patty Dumas, Alex Brody running the board today. Thanks so much for joining us as we get you set for your weekend, as we bask in the afterglow of a... Another Canadian victory at the World Juniors back-to-back gold medals for Team Canada. And to break it down, we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline to talk to our friend Sam Cosentino. How's it going, Sammy?
1: I'm doing well. Were you
0: guys running a little turn-me-loose? Is that what I heard? No, that would have been Jane by Jefferson Starship. Yeah, great. A little before my time. I'm a little younger
1: than you, Rosie.
0: Mm, yes. (laughs) That's a very fair point, Sam. I'm I'm very old and I'm getting up there. I I'm gonna have to listen back again. My hearing's starting to go. But uh hey, uh it's a banger. We love it. Sam, what did you make of this tournament, man? Uh, Canada obviously gets gets gold. And yesterday's game, I think it just it shows that you can go full circle in a ten-day tournament. You lose to Czechia to open up the tournament with all of this hype and all of this fanfare. And then later, able to win gold against the very same team. It's written like a storybook. Did you see it the same way?
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild because you know, a lot of the hype going into the tournament that this was the, the best team maybe ever assembled by Canada. And then you go out and lose your first game. And, you know, as if there wasn't enough pressure to start the tournament already, you have that added pressure that was uh, being put on this group, uh, especially with the, you know, the returning players, uh, eight of them from the summer and the, and the three NHLers. You know, there was some um, reason to make uh, that commentary. Uh, having said that, uh, it's probably the best thing that happened to Canada is losing that first game and not necessarily, uh, you know, believing the headlines and, and having to do a real quick reset to get back on uh, on track. And of course, the middle two games were were quite easy. That allowed Canada to get its confidence back with the Austrian German games, and then you knew it was going to be. A bit of a challenge on New Year's Eve, but Sweden just uh, underwhelmed the whole tournament and Canada took control from there. So um, a, a lot of adversity, you know, overtime against Slovakia, overtime again last night, but that uh, was pretty neat to see it all come together.
0: Connor Bedard setting records left, right, and center. What maybe impressed you the most about the way that he played over the course of the tournament?
1: His playmaking, actually. And that's, that's one thing that has uh, probably gotten kind of underrated all year. Um, I haven't paid particularly close attention to his play in Regina, but when I do see the highlights, it's always has to do with his goal scoring. That's been his calling card you know, since he came into the league, since uh, his days in minor hockey. So uh, his ability to make plays, though, is probably what impressed me the most. And I think by the end of the tournament, he's probably deferring a little bit too much. Mm. Um, but give him a little bit of space, he's going to be able to utilize that wicked shot but also um, now has that dual-thread ability that when people are closing on him, when that time and space is taken away, the ability to move pucks to areas that you don't think he can get it to. So his playmaking to me was what, what was really impressive. And I think there was, oh man, there were countless chances uh, to think that on the other end of it, had they been buried, maybe we're talking about Peter Forsberg and the 31 points back in 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's no disrespect to his teammates, but but just the, you know, how good his ability is to move the puck.
0: Well, let's talk about uh, just his Thursday as well. A lot of fanfare being given to the interview after the game on the ice where he mentions he doesn't want to talk about himself. He wants to talk about all of his teammates. And that coming after a game where I thought the Czech team did a very good job of, of kind of throwing a blanket over Connor Bedard and really limiting what he was able to produce. Did you feel it went the same way?
1: Oh, yeah, they sure did. Uh, I thought they did a great job. Um, you know, to be honest with you, the U.S. did a pretty good job on too, too. Just the one and one allowed uh, in that game and the 6-2 win. Uh, but having said that, every time you saw Bedard touch the puck, I mean, people were closing on him and closing on him in a hurry. Um, there were a couple of opportunities for that kind of bad angle shot that he likes to either put it off the goalie's shoulder or head or tuck it in on that short side from a bad angle. Those opportunities didn't really present themselves either, so... Good job on the pre scout by Czechia. Yeah. Uh, you knew their defense score was going to be really good. Their top four might might have been the best in the entire tournament, man. you know, with Smolzil and, and, and your check back there. Uh, but they did a really good job taking taking him out of it.
0: Sam Cosentino of Sportsnet, columnist and analyst for us uh, over on the website and over on the TV side, covering the NHL and covering the junior uh, aspect of the NHL.
2: My name is Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumas. So I mean, just one more uh, for me on the tournament. Uh, were there any uh, of the of the draft eligibles that maybe like more stood out for you? Obviously, you got Berdard, Carlson, Fantilli. Any other of the the draft eligibles that maybe made a little bit of a name for themselves as they get ready for uh, for this June's draft?
1: Edward Shala, who plays mm-hmm. for Czechia, uh, I, he was awesome. Like, boy, has he ever grown? And it's kind of cool because they spent a lot of time with. The, Pete Labardius and Jason Buchel at the Holinka Gretzky in, in Red Deer in the summer. And Shallow scored a highlight goal, real goal there. And You know, I think people were pretty confident of his uh, abilities to play on the offensive side of the puck. But his game is much more well-rounded now. And what impressed me most, like his ability to make plays, to make soft plays when everything's frantic around him and put others in position to get good opportunities was really, really impressive. In fact, in the last minute and a half when it was tied, he not only created one good chance by winning a one-on-three battle as a, about a 160-pound guy, which is difficult to do, but also had a chance of his own that could have ended it yeah. in regulation. So he he really impressed me. Dalibor Dvorsky, he too has rounded out his game. While the points were down a little bit, I was probably expecting a little bit more from the point side from him. But again, a more well-rounded game is something that's going to suit him well. Moving forward, Axel Sandin, Pelika, the right shot defenseman for Sweden. I thought he put, uh, took a little while to get acclimated to this level, but he's a guy that we also saw. Uh, I saw him in November at the under-18s in, in Plymouth, um, and he was a standout there, but in the under-18s. In the under-20 side of things, he looked a little bit overwhelmed at the start, but by the end, he got his game back, and he was out there in overtime for Sweden uh, before their loss to the U.S., So it speaks volumes as to what their program thinks of him having both he and Carlson out there uh, in the final minute and in overtime in the, in the loss yeah. of the U S
2: uh, actually, I'll just do one more here from the tournament. Uh, Canada is set to return uh, has eligible four returnees for next year. Uh, obviously don't expect Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli to be on the team next year, but Owen Beck, Kevin Korchinski uh, are eligible to return next year, uh, but only four compared to what the U S and Sweden can return in 11 and 10 players respectively. What are you looking for for next year's tournament?
1: Well, you know, I, I'm looking at next year's tournament a little bit the way that the U.S. did this year. When you look at the top line for the Americans, and Cutter Goche and Jimmy Snuggerud and Logan Cooley, those are all 18-year-old guys just one year removed from their, not even a full year removed from their draft. And I think so highly of the 2005 borns that I think that's a, an opportunity for Canada here to... Uh, Take advantage of the Braden Jaggers and the Zach Bensons and the Nate Danielsons and those type of players. So while they might be younger, should still be an effective group based on how talented this 05 draft class is. And then you get a guy like Beck, who's a really good two-way player. To be honest with you, I thought I should have been on the team from the start. This was probably the only maybe questionable call that I had had. But um, he's, a, he's a really, really good player. And I'll tell you what, he made a push with Montreal this year. I don't think he's ready to make that jump next year, but crazier things have happened. And and for Kevin Korchinski playing in a limited role, you know, was that was uh, maybe 10 minutes a night. Uh, his skating ability, his ability to provide offense from the back end will be something definitely coveted for next year's group. But uh, it's, it's going to be tough with those two other countries returning so many players, but I do have a lot of, of faith in the 05 class.
2: Yeah, it definitely is going to be an exciting draft and class to watch uh, going forward. Uh, now uh, to to the rest of the the hockey story. No more World Juniors uh, now. We'll put that in the in the in the in the past. Now to the NHL. Calgary Flames are in action tonight, taking on the New York Islanders. Uh, it fell three two to the Winnipeg Jets. That was their seventeenth one goal loss of the season. Uh, what have you made from the Flames uh, since uh, the turn of the new year and coming out of that uh, holiday break?
1: Well, it's all kind of the the same things, like yeah. three two games. How, how many of them never been this year? Probably twenty four one goal games total. One goal games total, but yeah. three two scores? Oh, I don't
2: know. I'd have to go look at the three two. Yeah, yeah,
1: the the inability to get over that two goal mark has been a challenge for for Calgary all season long. Mm-hmm. I thought, like many, and probably management felt the same thing. Yeah, you're getting rid of two one hundred point guys, but you're bringing in three guys that you thought could have mitigated the the loss of, of those guys, knowing that, you know, Huberto is going to be a playmaker. Knowing that Qadri is probably good for 30 and then Weger's ability to chip in offense. You thought you, you know, you're probably playing for the tie, but just adding a little bit to your back end. And it hasn't quite worked out that way so far. You know, having said that the goaltending has been really good at times, the, the, the regular Markstrom, but we haven't seen the consistent Markstrom like we saw last year. And I think that's been a bit a, a bit challenging for the Flames as well. But hey, the other part of that is the West is, is it is really wide open. Like you, you look at the Central on any given night, Nashville could beat you. Minnesota, St. Louis with how streaky they've been this year. It's just crazy to think about, you know, Winnipeg being in this spot all season long. When you move over to the Pacific, Vegas has been pretty steady, had to falter there for a little bit. Edmonton's been up and down. There's just a lot of, I find that's why we're seeing these these lengthy streaks and that's why we're seeing no one really run away with anything so uh, having said that that should give Calgary Flames fans a lot of hope here moving forward that that no one's been able to run away and and there's still plenty of time to kind of find that consistent game that we saw for a big portion of last year.
0: Sam, wanted to ask you about the Blues and the Predators, who you kind of mentioned. We had Frank Cervalli on our show yesterday, and he was mentioning that he could see the Predators maybe move out someone like a Matias Ekholm or the Blues trade, Ryan O'Reilly, Barbashev, any one of their UFAs, those type of guys. And these are a couple teams that are two and three points out of a playoff spot, respectively. Do you, do you see the Blues and the Predators Having a chance to make up just that slight amount of ground and get back into this thing, or do you maybe see a, a situation where they do end up being sellers by the deadline in less than two months' time? Yeah, I think
1: you know, I think Doug Armstrong would probably be a little bit more active than than what David Foyle would be uh, in Nashville, but you know, they're both probably sitting there saying, "Thank, thank goodness the trade deadline isn't for a while still." So we can get a determination as to whether or not we're getting separation upward or downward in the standings to help make our decisions a little different. I know Doug Armstrong has been very vocal about the play of his, of his veterans that he wants more out of them, that those veterans have set previous expectations that they haven't met to this point this year. He's been very vocal about that Colton Frakel being part of that group. Um, And, and as for Nashville, it just seems like a franchise to me that's always in the middle Mm. You know, other than the Stanley Cup run in what is it, 2017 or 18 or whatever it was, it's always a team in the middle, and the middle is a really tough place to live because you rarely are you going to get the game-changing type of draft picks that are going to push your your group forward. Yet you're still in a situation where you have enough veterans that you have to pay a lot of money to, that you don't have a ton of cap space either to be able to go and add that way. So for me, it's it's a middling franchise other than the, than the one year there. Um, and it looks like they're in that same spot again this year. So that's a again, again, a very difficult place to live in the, in the NHL.
0: We had the All Star nominations released yesterday by the NHL, or at least the first set. There's a, a fan vote as well. Um, and two rookies named to the All Star festivities, Mattie Baneers the Seattle Kraken, Logan Thompson of the Vegas Golden Knights. Who who's got your Calder vote? As we look at the midway point of the season approaching in four or five days here.
1: Well, you know. I- I think really highly of the defense because I think it's a mm-hmm. tougher position to play. And I think that uh, they can, if you're a rookie and you're playing big minutes like Moe Sider last year, sure. you can impact your club in a way that the few of the forwards can. Having said that, Matty Beniers has been given the opportunity and rightfully so he is. He's a star uh, in the league, but up until Caden Gooley got hurt, he was the guy that I was looking at as being one of the, you know, the, the main guy he had if you watch Montreal closely, he was up against the opposition's best every night. And he was still putting up points and he was still defending. Like I think his play and then considering that on a lot of nights they're playing with four rookie defensemen back there. Mm -hmm. Plus the amount of minutes that he was playing. He was the guy that I think was on pace by the end of the year, maybe to do that on a team that, you know, is, is losing a lot of games, especially right now. So that would have been my, my guy at that point. The injury is going to set him back here a little bit, but hard to argue with with what Logan Thompson was doing. You know, everyone thought that uh, going into the year, myself included, that Vegas was going to take a significant step back without the likes of an of experienced goaltending. And Thompson and, and Aiden Hill, especially Hill earlier in the season, really done a good job keeping things locked down. Bruce Cassidy's system, collapsing in front of the goal, he's not giving a lot of second opportunities is also part and parcel to that but give Logan Thompson a lot of credit as well.
0: We had been uh, talking yesterday about the All-Star fan vote, and if we're going to get some sort of John Scott situation here, and and we were kind of throwing around guys that we would like to see maybe get in as as individuals who have the the charisma to at least be at the All-Star festivities, if maybe the the play isn't maybe up to snuff, per se. Uh, And a couple of names we came up with were Michael Stone, Curtis Lazar, nice. David Riddick. Anybody else uh that might make uh our list that comes to mind for you right uh as as I spring it on you out of the blue?
1: Oh geez. Uh yeah, that one sprung. Maybe Arbor Jackey.
0: Oh, that's a really good one out Wi Fi. Oh Wi Fi, yeah. a little bit of rough and tumble at the All-Star Festivities.
1: Yeah, what's you got eight assists, five or six goals, uh from Costco to the show.
0: <laughs> From Costco to Sunrise. Yeah, okay. Now now that is something that we can sell. Uh, Sam, we really appreciate the time as always. Hey, have fun with the broadcast, and, and we'll chat again soon.
1: Okay, Patty, Rosie. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, buddy.
0: There you go. Sam Cosentino, Sportsnet analyst. Uh You'll catch him on the tube doing all sorts of coverage mm-hmm. for the games and, of course, uh, does a lot of stuff for our prospects, ranks them and all that type of jazz. Sounds like
2: he was in an airport.
0: Did sound like he was in airport. <laughs> Sounds like it might be uh, either heading home or maybe heading to work or maybe he's on
2: the broadcast. Maybe tonight. he's
0: going to do uh, some scouting or I don't know. Maybe he's going home from Halifax. Should have asked him. Probably <laughs> could have asked him. Where are you? Where are you? What's going on? Are you in a market? <laughs> some sort this of fresh a food
2: lady on a loudspeaker.
0: Yeah, there was announcements and everything. The whole nine yards. Um, Canada wins gold. Love to see it. Average showing from the Canadian or the Calgarian prospects, per se. Well, we'll see what happens next year.
2: Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, Stromgren got an assist on, like, the final Swedish goal <laughs> of the tournament. It's like, good for him.
0: As they scored, what, seven so in the, the bronze goal. medal I think game? he assisted on the tying Eight, eight seven <laughs> final? <laughs> yes. My goodness. Everyone was real dialed into the defense for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: hell of a game for Chaz Lucius as well from the Americans getting them in the bronze. Jets prospect, yes, and Rutger McGrory had three assists. Those are a couple quality hockey names mm-hmm. Rutger McGrory, Chaz, and Chaz
0: Lucius. <laughs> Rutger McGrory, <laughs> wow, love it. Um, we're gonna be teeing up the Flames and Islanders tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got Derek Wills joining us just after a 30. Greg Picker from the Isles Radio, he does the color for them. Uh, in Calgary going to be stopped by he's going to chat a little bit about the islanders who did take a loss up in edmonton yesterday mm-hmm. so we're probably not going to see Ilya sorokin tonight but alas that's the way that the cookie crumbles uh, around the corner we got some flames audio from yesterday that we want to play for you and react to all as we get you set for the weekend and this big game tonight mm-hmm. sports at 960 the fan welcome back to the program It is a Friday. My name is Matt Rose. Patty Dumas sits across from me today. Alex Brody running the show in the other room. Thank you so much for taking some time. Be a part of the show. 960-960. You can always hit us up um, as we're getting you set for the Friday, which we love. Yeah. Right into the weekend. Maybe you're going to the Flames game. Oh, you are. The Roughnecks at home this weekend or next week? I think they're at home next weekend, and they're on the road. Yeah, they're playing the Mammoth Saturday night. Mm, old ball arena in Denver. Hmm. Empty Saddle Dome on a Saturday. Is there, There's gotta is there got to be a concert? show or something.
2: I'm going to the Saddle Dome website. It feels weird because no Hitman Saturday. No Saddle Dome. Let's see. What do you got here? Uh, yes, yes, yes. There is something. Harlem Globetrotters. The Harlem Globetrotters yes! are in town. I've seen them here at the dome before. That show is absolutely amazing. I won tickets here actually. I like when that they you actually said show, used to. G- it, it, is it is a not, show. It's not a game. It's not. It's not a game because like, Harlem. I, 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 would, I can't find the line. No, <laughs> because back when this, when this, uh, when this uh, wonderful radio station company gave tickets to our employees, you mean Rogers? Yes, <laughs> on draws and whatnot. I won tickets to go to the they Harlem. Still do. Globe. Still not, not often, not as often as they used to be. Okay, I mean, maybe there's not a lot of events happening, but maybe it's just not your cup nobody of tea. like I was like, hey, you hey, want to have a chance to win some Globetrotter tickets? And I you went, seen no email yet. And uh, it was good,
0: it was you fun. were in, you were entertained. Oh, I was very entertained. When did you go? Like, how, how long ago? This would have been
2: 2017, oh, so like not that long ago, no. Yeah, twenty seventeen was when I saw them. They just beat the brakes off the generals, or what? I'm pretty sure it was playing with the generals. Yeah, yeah, it would have been the generals. Yeah, they're just doing the whole. Like, Do they switch it up too? I, sorry, my it, Harlem it, Globetrotters. A lot of comedy, a lot of comedy, a lot of fan interaction. It's just a good time. Three p.m. tomorrow at the dome. Harlem Globetrotters.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay. There you go. Little well, basketball. Yeah. Well, Calgary Surge preamp. Oops, Yeah.
0: Um, Hitmen on the road playing the Pats on Sunday. Wranglers are at home on Sunday, so they'll be back at ice, or the ice will be back down. Uh, the Flames will start a, a road trip on Sunday as well. They'll start a five game roadie that takes them through the Central
2: Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, some in- some important games on there. And it's like I was thinking like. Yesterday, I was like, oh, this shouldn't be a, such a bad road trip. And I am saying, like, well, you know, like Nashville, like UC Saros, all-star, 64 saves yesterday against the Carolina Hurricanes. 64 stops. Set a franchise record. Ridiculous. Uh, obviously, we know what the Dallas Stars are. Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Rupe Bay
0: And I don't love matinee games for the Flames.
2: Yeah. They, that one's a noon start on Saturday. And deep in the heart of Texas, that one might be a little bit of scheduling loss. But who knows? Uh, and then you know St. Louis. We know how up and down they are with their injuries, but they're also still in there, and only two points out of the playoffs. But technically, that's what we were just talking about yeah. with Sam Cosentino. Yeah. Like,
0: and we talked about it with Frank too. If you're the Blues and you're the Predators, and you're maybe looking at perhaps moving some talent out and trying to yeah. recoup some assets for
2: the future, but then at the same time. But I also like, like, again, like, like, I agree with Sam Cosentino that St. Louis has been in that. They win these two games down- against the Flames and they're in the wild card spot. <laughs> exactly. Like, probably, yeah. depending on how the next few days go. And, but the Blues have been always been in that, you know, top middle tier for the last 15 years. Or so, well, maybe not 15, because there were some times where they were picking and they were pretty mm-hmm. bad. They picked, you know, Eric Johnson and whatnot and at the top of the draft. Uh, but, but yeah, it's. But it, the other thing about St. Louis, You know,
0: um, but the is, Russian Tarasenko was yeah. a high draft pick of theirs. Yeah. But the thing for me with this St. Louis team, it's it's that their future
2: remains very cloudy. Yeah.
0: They have got they've pieces.
2: Got, they got Cairo. They got Robert Thomas, and they're locked up. Yeah, but they're not like you need you need that next guy to push you over
0: the top. Barbashev is a top liner for this for this team. Yeah. When they won Stanley Cup, he was probably, what third line centerman playing Probably. on the wing for them, I yeah. believe, and and very effective. And he's been a fine first liner for them as well. But that's a UFA with a real nice cap hit mm-hmm. that I'm sure a lot of teams would say, that guy can bring a little bit of scoring to your middle oh, six. That yeah. Oh, yeah. would be a nice add on a championship level team. Mm-hmm. Brian O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko right now are hurt, but still we know what they expected are. to be back before yeah. the trade deadline and get a, a couple mm-hmm. weeks or even a month in. And then be able to get out there and 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 move those assets too. So you got all those guys, mm-hmm. and frankly, all that money, perhaps coming off the books yeah. when it doesn't look like the salary cap's going to go up that much this off season, and mm-hmm. then a big amount the one after. Yeah. Although they could switch. Yeah. But they've got a lot of UFAs. Mm-hmm. You maybe don't want to look at bringing on a bunch of term if you're the Blues. Like, I don't know. It feels like, do you trade these guys? Or do you try and hold on for one last kick of the can because you feel like the Western Conference, when you look at it, is a conference that maybe isn't as strong as you felt last year?
2: Yeah, it does feel like that way. I mean, obviously, you see Colorado on the outside looking in. We're expecting them to eventually, once they get healthy, to. And they are starting start to, to get healthy. Yeah, and like, it, there's still some things in their game that exactly. aren't, you know, and it's Avalanche esque. They talk, they, 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 I mean, but like, even though there's still some things in their game that aren't great right now. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you, you like we, like now, losing Nazam Khadri was huge for that team. Uh, you know, they, they need a second-line center. Yeah. Alex Newhook hasn't been able to really carry this, the mail and this, in that we've, sense. We've seen them link to Jonathan Taves uh, as a, as the main guy. Like, well, that would be one for them. Uh, I wonder if them for get, reacquiring a Ryan O'Reilly in, in some sort of fashion.
0: Like, the thing is, if you go out and you try and acquire Ryan O'Reilly, you know, think about his cap hit. And then how you can Mm -hmm. split that with uh, retention. What would be his cap hit
2: at the deadline, even?
0: Uh, He's on injured reserve right now. Him and Vladimir Tarasenko are both at $7.5 million. Okay. So you could drop it. You could find yourself a little bit of space. The other thing, too, with the Blues is if they choose to go for it, Cap friendly, projected them to have almost $6 million in cap space at the deadline when it rolls around.
2: Yeah. So, okay, now do you
0: want to add somebody? Now that number's not going to be going up because they got a whole bunch of guys on LTIR, Perunovic, Krug, Scandella, et etc. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, the Blues are a fascinating team for me.
2: Yeah, it it's an interesting group that they can beat you on any given night. But they can also look like utter crap on another night and it, it's the goaltending that is up bl- and down, we know that. We know what the what Jordan Binning can do f- for you. Looking past tonight's game, obviously, because mm-hmm. the Flames and the Islanders play tonight, and that's a big mm-hmm.
0: contest. But then they've got this five-game roadie. Starts yep. off with a stop in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been a difficult place to play this year. No. The United Center hasn't. then you've the got match. those two games in St. Louis. And if you win both those, plus you get the result in Chicago, now you're feeling really good about kind of pushing the Blues away. Knocking them yeah. back a little bit, especially if you can get both those wins mm-hmm. in regulation. Then you go into Dallas. Tough game. And after that, it's Nashville. Another opportunity to put a little bit of space between you and a a team that's chasing. So there's some important games on this road trip, but first got to deal with another Eastern Conference opponent. And that's the New York Islanders. The New York Islanders are an interesting squad to me. Um, Last year, really bad out of the gate. Mm -hmm. They had, what, they started the season on a 12-game road trip while they waited for their building to get done, and Mm -hmm. then they got absolutely ravaged by COVID. And not the same way that the Flames did, where everybody got it, so they just had a break in their schedule. Like theirs was like every other guy yep. had it and they kind of ran through the team, so they had to play shorthanded for a long time. Mm-hmm. So they got the short end of the stick last year. Second half of the season, dynamite. They were outstanding, but the hole was too big yeah, to kind of ran out. out of time. This year, a little bit of a better start. There's been honestly, like when you looked at the Islanders' roster and you compared it year to year. There was very minimal change. Yeah,
2: not a lot of turnover. They like to they keep their guys in house. Um, they're always rumored in in, acqu- in in acquiring a bigger name. I know they've been linked to Patrick Kane, and, and we know Lou will yep. go and do it. He yep. went
0: and got Kyle Palmieri. He went and got JG Peugeot. Yeah. they stuck around, mm-hmm. and I liked those moves at the time, and. I don't know. They just—they're just, they're an intriguing team to me as a team who's currently has 46 points to sit in his second wild card position, 40 games into the year, led by Matt Barzell, led by a a, a blue line that's already got 25 goals this year and continues to be a, a just a great story. Yeah, uh, I'm disappointed we won't see Elias Sorokin like we've talked about, but that's the way it goes.
2: Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a. It's a it's a group we obviously don't get to see a lot of, but it, it, there's still a lot of the staples. Cal they're Clutterbuck f- is still there. Matt Martin's still there. Like the one
0: thing you know <laughs> is when the Islanders come to town, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be a bit of a rough and tumble type of game mm-hmm. because of the guys that you just mentioned. It's a tough team to break down. Very oh, a, tough team. Yeah, they're they're big. They're mean. They're nasty. Like just a couple of years ago when they were trotting out that fourth line, it was Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck, and Kaczykasekis, and they. <laughs> <laughs> beat the brakes off you, and they all had, like, five to ten goals. Yeah. This is, this is even... one of the best fourth lines in the NHL, and they managed to stick around, and age is starting to catch up, and right. they're maybe not as impacti- impactful as they used to be, mm-hmm. but that's still not a line that anybody enjoys playing no. against.
2: you no, be you're a good...
0: defenseman. You could take a wall up every time those guys, and you know that they're just going to dump and chase, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to go chase that darn thing, Yeah, and you know they're pretty good at putting in places that are going to make it a painful experience mm-hmm. for you. It should be Semyon Varlamov against Jacob Markstrom at the Saddledome tonight uh, as the New York Islanders look to get back in the win column. Losing to Edmonton 4-2. Uh, and then how about this? A little bit of a break for New York. The next game is going to be Tuesday when they go home to host Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, uh, as the Flames did speak to the media, they held the practice. Lines were the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing new. Brett Ritchie still not hanging around uh, on the ice, at least, for the Calgary Flames. So, things remained the same. Dylan Dubé skating on line with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli. Nazem Kadri, the Flames All-Star, by the way, uh, named to uh, named to the All-Star festivities, skating on line with Lucic and Huberto. And then it was back with Coleman to Manjapani. Mm-hmm. Zahorna in the middle of Rizicca and Lewis. The pairs were the same, and like I mentioned, Jacob Marstrom was in the starters net. After the game, or after the possession, one of the uh, notes... Was on Dylan Dubé, who, since being bumped to the top line, I've liked his game, Yeah, if you want to call it that. Since being bumped up to play with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli, I've liked his game. Last five games, he only has one point, so the score sheet hasn't necessarily been there. But, moving his feet, digging pucks off the wall, doing all those type of things that you need to see from Dylan Dubé to be a impactful and successful player in the NHL and continue yeah. to find his way, right? Mm-hmm. And yesterday, Daryl Sutter said he was the most improved player on the Calgary in, in the entire organization this year. And that includes anybody playing on the Wranglers because they're in Calgary, and, and Daryl gets to watch them now as well. Mm-hmm. But he had this to say about number 29 from the Flames forward groups.
4: I think Dylan is a guy that works at his game. Dylan is... The most improved player, and I'm fortunate I get to watch, the, you know, our farm team quite a bit, or at least you know, watch farm team more than I ever have. So he's Dylan's most improved player in the organization, like hands down. Give him lots of credit. He works at his game, and it's about repetition and, and preparation and training. Everything he's he's spot on, right? He's climbing the ladder in terms of. In the in that whole leadership part and all that, and that's what I've said, you remember you guys talk about this, right? Guys in the organization got to take steps. It's not the guys coming in; it's the young guys in that age group. He's Dylan's taking a, done a great job.
2: Where's the biggest improvement from like?
0: I with think Dylan? I think
4: because he's such a repetition and a and a do it right all the time guy, it translates into his game. So. You know so what you are always you know I always said this about Dylan uh, it was just being consistent right so when you do when you train to be consistent train your brain to do everything properly then it becomes when it's for real then it, you're more consistent with it and he's learned that and if you look at his i said this also about Dylan do you look at his career. You know, his junior career and his Memorial Cups and all that, right? Like, you look at everything, that that's, that's how it's translated for his career, and now he's starting to see that here too. Makes perfect sense when, when you apply yourself.
0: And every year continues to improve. We saw it when he was with the Kelowna Rockets, going all the way back to his days in junior. As a rookie, 27 points in 45 games. Next year, point per game player, 66 and 65. Year after that, well over a point per game. Only played in 40 games, but had 55 points. And his final year with the Kelowna Rockets as their alternate captain, mm-hmm. and in a year where he would also captain, captain Team Canada, Canada <laughs> yeah. he had 84 points, including 38 goals in 53 games.
2: No, it's progression. It, yep, yeah. it's it's been a it's he's he's exactly what this coach wants. This is the type of player that this coach wants. And Dylan Dubé, sure, it's not showing up on the score sheet, but. Uh, you know, he's still on pace to have a career year he Had 32 points a year ago, 18 goals, probably gets close to in and around, maybe a little short with who knows, but it is a, a good player, a good young player. And this is a a guy that Calgary needs more of. And uh, you saw it last year with Andrew Mangiapane, uh his step up uh, it's now it's, I mean, obviously Dylan Dubai might not be the 30 goal guy at the NHL mark. He mm-hmm. probably isn't going to ever score the 30 goals uh, in the NHL, but it's, it is uh, it is exactly the identity of this team and what you want. If you have 12 Dylan Dubays with the effort, you're probably going to do all right. Um, but it's more than sometimes it's just the effort is there, but it's just you need more out of it. You, you feel like mm-hmm. you want more from Dylan Dubay, even though according to the coach, obviously, he's doing a lot. Projected for 44 points and 17 goals
0: by season's end. He had 18 last year. 18 last year, 32 points, played in 79 games, just had the one point in the postseason as well. He's an important player for this team. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of tools in the toolbox that you like. Mm-hmm. He's got the speed. The shot is, I would say, underrated. You um, can play with skilled players. You mm-hmm. can play down your lineup if that's something that you need him to do. Mm-hmm. He'll throw a hit. There's a lot to like in Dylan Dubé's game, and the progression is good, but... It kind of goes back to everything we've talked about with this team all season long. One goal games, mm-hmm. you just need that.
2: You need that extra that need one, that one guy more. further down to have
0: yeah. just one more and kind of push you over the edge in some of these tight games. We're a, expecting something again tonight.
2: Yeah, like I, I don't know if we like maybe during the break we'll quickly, I'll quickly go through. Like I, I'm interested to see how many three two goal game, three two games they they played this year and and how many it is trying to find that third goal which. <laughs> you see around the league, it seems to be pretty easy with the way teams blow leads and whatnot. But I don't know with this group right now. It's just, yeah, it's just baffling. The results are there sometimes, and they're not. But it's not like they're playing awful. Mm. <laughs> not like they're playing great. It's just a mesh of, not even. I don't even want to say mediocrity, because I don't think they're better than mediocre. Yeah, 100%. This is, I don't think they're a
0: bad team. No, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a good team. And we've talked
2: about its perspective. Its, I think they've got perspective potential of potential to be a great team. Of what it was last year and what you saw. Everything came easy to them. Everything came easy last year. It was like the mm-hmm. Buffalo Sabres the way their year started. They yeah. were just knocking everybody out of the park. No injuries. Everybody was scoring. You had two 40-goal guys. Three 40-goal guys. On your top line. On your top line. 300-point players. Or 200-point players, sorry. It's just... It's not gonna happen every season. Not gonna happen every year. And I think that's what we have to realize here. And I know the car, the flames have been an up and down, up and down, up and down every year it seems. But Dylan Dubé is trying to change. Dylan that. is trying to change that.
0: He's doing his darndest. <laughs> he also talked about how he's improved over uh the course of his career when speaking to the media yesterday.
3: It's nice, I think. Uh you know, for me coming in a young age it was a challenge to to find my game and uh you know, figure out the player that I, I need to be in this league and Um, You know, to have uh, some older guys when I came up to to learn from them and um, how they established themselves, Um, you know, guys like Bax and kind of following his career, and and he talked to me a lot about it. So um, it was really good for me to have older guys to learn from. I think it's a really important thing to help me, you know, become the player I I need to be for this team. He said said it was about consistency too, and I wonder how much pride you take in being a consistent player,
2: habits, uh, results, that type of thing, where does the consistency in your mind, even the mindset he said as well, where does the consistency come from where it affects you the most, the most impact?
3: I think it's just hard work. I think, uh, you know, it's a long season, it's a hard schedule. You're not going to be on uh, skill-wise every game. I think it's, uh, it's a challenge every time. Sometimes you're fighting the puck, but if you can bring that effort and, um, you know, find a way to, at least have an impact on the game regardless of what you do I think that's consistency and I think that was my biggest thing it was hard humility. the still trying to be consistent it's it's hard league um, you know put every game together really well and uh, I think if you can bring your work ethic every game I think that's the most important You go back to when Daryl first got here and a couple of games <coughs> where you were a healthy scratch and I know
2: that it was it was a struggle and, and kind of a grind early on how do you reflect on that and, and those
4: early days now a couple of years later
3: yeah, I just, uh, you know, I don't want to be in that spot. I want to try and contribute every single night. And, uh, you know, as a fresh spotter, it kind of sits in the back of my head all the time. When I come to the rink, you want to, you know, help this team win. You want to be on the ice to do that. So uh, I think it's important to, you know, to bring to bring something every day to try and help. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, it uh, doesn't feel too long ago. So, you know, it's always kind of sits in the back of your head.
0: And it hasn't really been too long for an NHL career for Dylan Duve. It feels so, like it's been a long. It time. It feels like it's been a long time <laughs> because I would say he probably arrived in the NHL maybe a year earlier than people expected. Yeah. Um Yeah. He had a really good year in the AHL the season prior. Yeah, like he was well over a point per game in his for, first yeah, full year. First full AHL year, yeah, thirty-nine stacked and seven. Yeah. When they were still playing down in California,
2: mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Played the first part of the 2019-20 season with the Heat and then uh, was called up and... Never looked looked back. That was it. Said, I'm going
0: to stay up here. You know, like we heard in the end of the clip and and Patty asked him about it. Got healthy, scratched. Had to be sat down and kind of shown the the way that Daryl wanted to do things. Mm -hmm. But not overly surprised that a guy like Dylan has been able to kind of adapt to a new coaching style. And be able to flourish and really earn this coach's trust. Uh, during that chat, looked it up. Mm-hmm. Flames have played in 10-3-2 games this season. Okay. As they play in, what, is it game 40 tonight, I think? Something like that? 10-3-2 yeah, games. game 40
2: tonight. They're 7-3 three in 3-2 three games with I, two overtime victories. So that, I think that was better than we both thought. Because in one-goal games... They've got 17 losses.
0: Yes, it hasn't been nearly as good. But, in, but if you're getting to 3-2, 7-3, relatively surprising. Going back to our conversation with Sammy just a moment mm-hmm. ago. Scoring still continues to be the issue for this team.
2: Yeah, and, it's, and it, I think it will be for, for the rest of this season. It's going to be a, a struggle for this team to score that key goal but it's going to you're going to have to find other ways you're going to have to crack down defensively you're going to have to really clamp down defensively and uh we've seen like that needs to be that is a spot that hasn't been all that great i think it's improved though over like, the over the last 3 weeks i'd say yeah the goals against the uh, first it, it coincides with Markstrom's play
0: yeah um there's sure. two things here that i think have really helped mm-hmm. markstrom has been substantially better than he was earlier. It's probably the best he's been since, I would say, probably
2: last February.
0: Okay. I could get on board with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the second thing is that the turnovers aren't anything in the back of the net like that. Yeah, Like, in the first 20 games, Mm -hmm. if this team turned the puck over in the offensive zone and it was an odd man rush the other way you felt like it was winding up in the back of their net. And it was quick goals to start periods. It was quick goals to start periods. It was quick goals after turnovers. It was just not being able to adapt at a moment's notice Mm -hmm. to unexpected changes in the game. Yep. And I feel like over the last 20 games, over this last kind Mm -hmm. of second portion of the four-portion season, if you want to break it up that way, they have improved in that sense as far as being not necessarily careful with the puck, Mm -hmm. but just being smart about where you're putting it and understanding that, you can't be giving up odd man rushes. This is a team that flourishes. Well, they don't flourish. They actually don't have a great record when they have 40-plus shots. But they really do try and have a, a high shot volume type of game. Mm-hmm. Try and really keep the opposition hemmed. Shoot, recover, keep the opposition hemmed. Wear them down. Yeah. But the problem is if you start to you press too hard.
4: Oh, great. Pardon me.
0: Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm waving my hands around. I <laughs> slam my <laughs> <the> mouse. <laughs> 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 um... But the, but the problem is that if
2: you're not getting the goals, yeah. all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, and the problems become bigger. Uh, obviously, you, you rely a lot on the defense, I and mean, I think the special teams. Like you're gonna have to the power play is gonna have to to do a lot more carrying of the load here because the five on five goals maybe re- drying up here of late. So it's just I don't know. It's just they've been they've yeah. been better with the puck. Yep. They've managed the puck a mm-hmm. lot better. But now, because there's not a lot of, not a lot of bad. Like uh, you talk about like, like, uh, the 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 two one loss to Edmonton might have been one of their best games they played all year. Ninety seven got his. Uh, and we 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 know the, the Mangiapane. He, he was he was gutted after taking that penalty. It's I don't know. It's they are they. It's it's gonna they're gonna they're gonna be in every game that they play down the stretch here. It's gonna be mm-hmm. it, it, they're gonna. Yeah, like <laughs> in the in the first this half of the season, it felt like crazy. every other night they were allowing yeah. at
0: least four goals. Yeah, now it doesn't feel that way. No, it, it's gone. now four feels like they've allowed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they've really tightened things up in the last twenty, and that has been important. Tanaf you got to get that right. Tanef healthy is a big part yep. of that too. Um, I haven't hated the penalties to the extent that I did at the beginning no, of the year. No, I agree. Where either. they were. Just awful penalties, bad yeah. times of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, some games it still rares its ugly head. Don't get me wrong, but for the most part, that's kind of been tampered, and that's all that you want to see. Yeah, only like, steps in the yeah. right direction. Yeah, because this isn't a team that had such a bad start that they're right out of. we're talking yeah. about the Islanders last season, or Vancouver's bad start, or Vancouver this year. Yeah. We're even a pretty good month of November. Yeah, by their standards, and. They're still way on the outside looking in. Yeah. That team's got other issues too, but alas. It could be worse. It obviously could, could be better. <laughs> Look at you, the, the Vancouver Optimist. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at you, just
2: cheering for the Canucks.
0: Um, it's going to be a fun game tonight.
2: <laughs> I was talking about the Flames. Oh, <laughs> it was Could be worse, could be better.
0: <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Well, we're all getting mixed up, so you know what that means. <laughs> Time to bring in another voice. Greg Picker is going to join us from... Um, what do we have here? Hofstra University, W O R H 88.7, out on the island. Mm-hmm. Does the color for the New York Islanders. He's going to join us in mere moments. And uh, Derek Wills also going to join us as we got a busy third hour teeing up the Islanders and teeing up the Flames. Right here on your home for the Flames, Sports in 960, The Fan.